This episode of Fearless Rebel Radio is brought to you by You On Fire. You On Fire is the amazing 12-week online group coaching program that I run where we build up your worth from the ground up so that it's no longer hinging on the way that you look. It's got personalized coaching from me and incredible community support plus lifetime access. Get details on what's included in this program and sign up to be notified when doors open for the next cycle by going to summerinandin.com forward slash you on fire. I would love to have you in that program and in that group. This is Fearless Rebel Radio, a podcast about body positivity, self-worth, anti-dieting, and feminism. I am your host, Summer Inanin, a professionally trained coach specializing in body image, self-worth, and confidence, and the best-selling author of Body Image Remix. If you're ready to break free of societal standards and stop living behind the number on your scale, then you have come to the right place. Welcome to the show. This is episode 125, and I'm running solo answering your questions on the relationship between weight gain and emotions, whether you need to eat intuitively to feel better in your body, and what to do if you feel like you're not doing this whole eating and body image thing right. You can find all the links and resources mentioned in this episode at summerinandin.com forward slash 125. Before we begin, let me give a shout out to Ashley, who left this awesome review. Love the fresh, honest, and completely refreshing essence of this podcast. Summer is a great host, and this offers such wisdom for everyone. Five stars. Thank you so much, Ashley. I really appreciate it. You see, it's just a quick review, and you can do that too. Just take two minutes to go to iTunes, search for Fearless Rebel Radio, click ratings and reviews, and click to leave a review or give it a rating. I would be so grateful if you did that. And if you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the show via iTunes or whatever platform you use. Lastly, don't forget to grab the free 10-day body confidence makeover at summerinandin.com forward slash freebies with 10 steps to take right now to feel better in your body. I wanted to do a Q&A show because I haven't done one ever, or maybe not since the very beginning of the show. I don't even remember. And I thought it was a cool opportunity to just hear from you, find out what you needed support with, and uh, give my advice on some stuff, which I love to do. So let's dig into this one. All right, let's dig into the first question. I loved this question. It comes from Georgina. And she asks, what do you think about the concept of emotions, i.e. trauma, getting stuck in the body, causing diseases and weight gain, and that we can lose weight by healing the energetic root of what made us gain weight? I don't know how to integrate body positivity with this. I know the reason why someone gains weight is irrelevant, but I still kind of find that sometimes body positivity prevents people from truly healing the stuck stuff that's actually there. I'd love you to talk about this. There was more to uh, this question, but I condensed it for the purposes of the show. And I think it's a great question because when I first started doing this work myself, on myself, I should say, not with others, but when I first realized that it was my body image that was the issue and not that I hadn't found like some nutrient that was going to solve my life's problems. I remember I went down the road of thinking, well, I just need to heal my emotional stuff then. And if I accept my body and I heal this emotional stuff, then I'll lose weight. And it was kind of the same. It was the exact same cycle. And there's quite a few authors that that write about that. 
or and their secret is, you know, you just need to like heal the the energetic trauma and the emotions and then you'll lose weight. And and I, I have a lot of thoughts and, and feelings on it. And and I've 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 done that work with myself and ended up in the exact same spot of still feeling like a failure, still feeling frustrated and being obsessed with food because I was continually thinking about wanting to lose weight. So first of all, I just want to mention I'm not a trauma expert at all. And trauma is something that needs to be worked on with a professional, like a therapist or a psychiatrist in a contained setting. So my comments on this are coming from the perspective of just looking at it through the social and psychological lens. So if you have experienced trauma, this is not medical advice at all. This is a this is a push for you to definitely get help so that you can so that you can heal. It's really, really an act of self-care to do that. But here's why I take issue with these approaches that sell or promote weight loss as an end result through healing and healing emotional stuff. I think healing emotional stuff is great. I think we should all be healing our emotional stuff. But when the outcome is weight loss, that's when things get problematic. And there's a few reasons why. So number one, body diversity is real, y'all. Body diversity is a real thing. And it is fat phobic to believe otherwise. Some people have larger bodies, just like some people are tall or short, and no one has to explain why their body is the way that it is. It just is. It just is. So Ashley Bennett was on the podcast not too long ago talking about the role of genetics in our weight. That's episode 119. I'll link to that in the show notes. And in addition to that, Linda Bacon talks about weight in her book, Body Respect. And she says, weight is to a significant extent genetically determined. You know, we can be in in a larger body, we can be in a smaller body, like we need to accept that body diversity is a real thing. And just because someone is in a larger body, it doesn't mean that they're they do things any differently, or that they have some kind of trauma they need to heal. It's ridiculous to think that and it's really fat phobic to to think that and put that idea out there. And you can hear me talk more about weight regulation in episode 83, Why Diets Don't Work. And I'll link to that in the show notes as well. So that's reason number one. Reason number two is that thin people have trauma too, y'all. Thin people have trauma too. I don't even say y'all, but I used to say you guys. And I'm trying to stop saying you guys. But thin people have trauma too. Much like thin people can be unhealthy and people in larger bodies can be healthy because health is not determined by our size. We can't make assumptions based on how a person looks. And this idea that people in larger bodies have emotion trapped in them feeds off that narrative. You know, it implies that the weight gain was brought on by the person. Often this is through emotional eating to cope with the trauma. And that feeds that fat phobic belief that we have about people in larger bodies that they must overconsume. You know, thin people eat emotionally too, or they binge or they quote unquote overeat. People in larger bodies can be healthy and active and still be in a larger body, again, because body diversity is real. So I think we have to look at the narratives that these uh, programs or, you know, these authors are promoting. You know, what they're still saying is that if you're in a larger body, it means there's something wrong or there's something that needs to be fixed or healed instead of you know what, you know, you want to heal trauma, that's important. But it's not about size, you know, we can take a weight neutral approach to healing trauma, but that probably wouldn't sell as many books or programs. 
Reason number three is that it upholds the stigma against people in larger bodies at it as it implies there is something defective or something that needs to be healed in them, which is kind of what I just said, but I'm just reinforcing it again. And Virgie Tover wrote this great piece called Four Problems with the Trauma Leads to Fatness Narrative that I'll link to in the show notes because she says it way better than me, as always. She writes the notion that fatness is already always deviant or unnatural or requiring explanation or apology is deeply pathologizing and stigmatizing. Fat is a standalone identity in existence, not a deviation or failure to be thin. And I think that that, I mean, that really says it all. It's just we, we, we view fat through the lens of it's a failure to be thin in our society. And we really need to look at Okay, where is that message being upheld? How are we upholding that message? And work to untangle that and break it down. And so that fatness equals trauma narrative is is holding that up. And we need to, again, break that down. And so another reason, reason number four, by making weight loss an advertised or promoted outcome of healing trauma, it is fueling size discrimination, which creates trauma for individuals and creates stress for individuals. And this is where I really take issue because healing trauma is critical. And again, I think this needs to be accessible for everyone. Everyone should have the ability to heal their trauma. However, we can't heal the cultural root of the trauma by upholding the phobic system that contributes to it. Make sense? So I have I have no issue with healing trauma, and I and I think that that's super super important. And we can heal trauma, and we can pursue health independent of weight change. But the bottom line is that anytime we have weight loss as a purported outcome, it's upholding fat phobia. And then lastly, on an individual level, it can make our relationship with our body tricky because we can see our body change or lack thereof, lack thereof as a sign of failure. Again, that was my experience when I went down that path. And focusing on that outcome can take the focus away from really healing. And it just creates more stress and keeps reinforcing the fat phobic beliefs that we have that in a lot of individuals are the result of the trauma they've experienced. And so I hope that that clears up my stance on that. And then the second part of the question was how to reconcile body positivity with this. And I'm not really sure how we can't. So there's just two things I'll say about that. One is Body positivity is a social and political movement that strives for equality, including visibility and representation for all bodies, races, size, sizes, abilities, ages, sexual orientations, and trauma is created by discrimination and oppression. So advocating for body positivity is about trying to prevent trauma for future generations. And secondly, working on your own body positivity, if we want to call it that, or just, you know, working on feeling better about yourself is about healing. It's about learning to take care of yourself. It's about healing your emotional and physical well-being independent of size. It is practically the best thing you can do for your well-being because it's about learning to nurture and care for yourself from a place of compassion versus a place of hate. So it's about saying, I matter and I'm worthy of getting help for this trauma I experienced. So that's my answer to that question there. Thanks for asking. I love that I got to dig into that one and get a little fired up about it. The next question comes from Sarah and she asks, I want to work on my negative body image, but I am 110% absolutely unwilling to eat intuitively. I measure and track my food to hit certain numbers and allows me to more or less maintain my weight and I'm fine doing this indefinitely. So my question is, do I have to eat intuitively to improve my body image and my relationship with my body? My answer is yes. Yes, absolutely you do. 
And I will give you three reasons why. So number one, a positive body image, let's get clear on what a positive body image is. A positive body image is about having unconditional acceptance of our body size and getting to a place where we don't really think negatively about our body anymore. So a question to ask yourself is, how are these behaviors supporting that unconditional acceptance of myself? How are these behaviors supporting that unconditional acceptance of myself? When we put a limit on what we are okay with, we are reinforcing that our body is only okay to a certain point. It's reinforcing fat phobia and fat phobic beliefs and the belief that thinner is better, which is never going to help our body image. And more importantly, it is never going to change this culture that created this oppression in the first place. Reason number two, your body is going to change regardless of your efforts because bodies change over our lifetime. We're not status beings. We're not meant to be, did I say status? I meant to say static. We're not static beings. <laughs> our bodies change over our lifetime. We can't thwart aging and our body fights back against restrictive behaviors. If we are restricting, which is what we're doing if we are monitoring calories and denying our our desires and our cravings and our need for for more food, in essence, like not eating intuitively. So if we are restricting to keep our body to stay within a certain weight range, it is likely not our healthiest weight. And it is important to accept body changes, knowing that we are still worthy individuals. The more that we try to control our weight, the more weight we put in conditional acceptance of ourselves. And when acceptance of ourselves is based around parameters that we've put, like, well, I can accept myself, but only if I stay at this size, we are not setting ourselves up to, to have acceptance beyond like just being in that place, which is a very um, limiting place to be. We have to give ourselves permission to adapt and change and know that our bodies are going to change. Reason number three, it's really important to define what it means to have a good relationship with your body here. So the question I would ask this listener is, what does it mean to have a good relationship with your body? You know, what does it look like to respect your body and to treat it with love and compassion? To me, restricting food and going against our body's needs is not how I would advise anyone to foster a good relationship with their body. Is that what you do to something you care about? You know, I think about my dog, like I would never do that to my dog or my unborn child. You know, our bodies need care and respect and nourishment. So I would ask you to be really honest with yourself about whether you are giving yourself that. When we try to keep our body at a certain weight with disordered habits, which that's what tracking is, it's damaging to both our physical and mental well being, which is not a good relationship with our body. But I would encourage you to really define that for yourself. So overall, by trying to override your body's needs and wisdom in an effort to control your weight, you are essentially making a deposit into the belief that your body isn't good enough unless it is a certain weight which is why it is necessary to let go of food food rules, unless those rules are for a medical reason, to have a positive body image. Like we have to disconnect our choices from potential weight gain or loss in order to really foster a positive relationship with ourselves and our bodies. 
So if you were a client of mine, I wouldn't be able to make any headway with you unless you ditched the measuring tools, because it's no different than the scale. It's no different than someone coming to work with me and saying, I really want to work with you, but I still need to step on the scale every day. I'd be like, I'm sorry, you're just we're not we're not you're not ready for this work, which is totally fine. I don't fault anyone. I don't shame anyone. I don't judge anyone for being where they're at. I'm just saying that I've been doing this work for long enough that I've seen what holds people back. And if we are unwilling to surrender and give ourselves the same compassion and nurturing that we would give a partner, a friend, a pet, a child, then it's not going to look the same. It's not going to be possible to really feel like I feel good in my body unconditionally. Like I know I'm good enough regardless of my appearance because we put that condition on ourselves. This episode of Fearless Rebel Radio is brought to you by Tomboy X. I love that Tomboy X makes kick-ass gender-neutral underwear for all people and all bodies, all sizes, and all skin tones. Tomboy X makes amazing underwear for people whose opinions are anything but. My personal favorite product is the Brawlet because they are the best ones that I've worn. They are extremely comfortable, soft, and look super cute when you have them on. For the first time, I found underwear that doesn't just fit me, it gets me and feels so good on my body. It's time to stop wearing underwear that doesn't make you feel confident. No more underwear with more frills than function. No more underwear your mom got you to fem you up. Get underwear that's made to fit you and how you see yourself. They have bikinis, briefs, boxer briefs, trunks, and boy shorts, soft bras, bracer back bras in everyday basic colors, fun seasonal prints, and brilliant colors. All options come in extra small to 4X. Regardless of where you fall on the size or gender spectrum, Tomboy X offers amazing underwear that anybody feels comfortable in. Go to tomboyx.com slash fearless and check out their special bundles and pack pricing. And fearless listeners get an extra 15% off with code fearless. Again, enter code fearless for an extra 15% off. Ditch whatever you've been wearing for a pair of Tomboy X underwear. Go to tomboyx.com slash fearless. And the last question comes from Jennifer. And so she says... I have put on weight since I've stopped dieting, but when I look at many of the women who are championing this effort, like yourself, and she mentions a couple others, you all look so small, which leads me to believe that I am not doing this right. It makes me think that you all overcame binge eating issues that you may have had and your weight stabilized at a small size. Because of my background, and I'm sure diet culture, I inherently believe that I'm supposed to be at a small size. So again, I feel like I'm failing, just like I failed so many diets of the past when I put on weight that I have lost. Okay, first of all, there's two parts to this question. Number one, Jennifer, I totally hear what you're saying. You're not the first person to say this to me about hey, you're in a smaller body, like, why are you championing this effort? And I totally get that as someone who's in a medium sized body, I don't have the same experiences as someone who's in a larger body. And that's why I think it's super imperative to follow people who are in a similar or larger body to your own, to look to them for support and advice and community. It is so important to follow and listen to diverse voices in this field and support these people, work with these people, hire these people, buy their books, do whatever you can. <laughs> you know, it is like, do not just follow me. And especially if you feel like 
this person isn't in the same body as me, that she doesn't have the same experience, like, please make sure that you are following other people. So a lot of people have been on my podcast before. Virgie Tovar, Ashley Bennett, Ivy Felicia, Diane Bondi, Reagan Chastain, Glennis Oyston, Sarah Thompson, and Dion Nelson, Crystal Bugan. That's just to name a few. I know there's a lot more. Um, other people who haven't been on the podcast that I really want to have on the podcast, Sonia Renee Taylor, Jasmine Stanley, Dana and Hillary from Be Nourished. Mer- Meredith Noble is also doing incredible work in this field. She's a coach. And so I think though you have to follow other people there's more people too by the way like I'm leaving out a ton of people right now but these are just the ones off the top of my head and some of the people that I've had on the show and that I really follow and and adore their work so important to follow those people I want you to see people who are in same bodies as as yours and larger and really look to them for that that sense of community and support so the second part of this question is the doubt over whether you are doing this right. And I think, you know, what I'm reading, what you're saying is that doing this right means losing weight. And that's not the goal here. I never lost weight doing this. Like, no, <laughs> my weight was went up and stayed there. And so, um, you know, everybody's everybody's outcome here is different. And the reason for that is, is because, our bodies are going to do what they're going to do. Like our body is going to land at the weight that is that it is where it is meant to be at for us, that healthiest weight for us. And the last thing we want to do is try and control that or really focus on that as an outcome because that just keeps us fixated on food and our bodies. And so I think that it's easy to kind of look at other people and formulate a narrative or a story about what may or may not have happened to them. And again, that's why it's really important to follow diverse voices. But I also think it's really important to take weight loss away from the goal here. You know, the reason why we gain weight after dieting is not because we're not doing this right. It's because dieting causes us to gain weight. And because it's just a reaction that our body has, like we're going to gain weight if we've restricted, that's that is what what is going to happen. If we have tried to force our set point down below what it is supposed to be at, a natural compensatory mechanism of our body is to bring it back up and sometimes higher. And so it only indicates to me that you're likely healing, and that your body wasn't meant to be at that smaller size. So everyone's path here is different and being in a larger body has nothing to do with whether or not you are doing this right. Some people's bodies get bigger, some of them stay the same, sometimes they get smaller, like everybody is different here. But often if it's larger, it's because it's supposed to be. And that's your body healing you. And what you're gaining from that is the freedom to be able to live your life without those rules and without having to worry about like whether you can or can't eat something. And that's why, you know, working on your body image through this process is so, so important because it can help you overcome those feelings of insecurity that you have as your body changes. And again, like body diversity is a real thing. And some people are meant to be in larger bodies. So overall, I think it's checking in with yourself and and formulating a new way of defining what doing it right means so that it's not defined by your weight. And so maybe it's defined by other things, you know, like, are you able to eat without rules? Are you able to eat without judging yourself? Um, You know, are you thinking about food less? Are you spending less time like 
you know, obsessing over meal preparation and stuff like that. Like, that's what you want to be focusing on as a measure of success, not your body change, not your body's changes. And then lastly, again, listen and follow other people so that you realize your body is not the problem. You know, weight loss is not the objective here. Healing is, and that's going to look different for everyone. So it's like defining what healing really is for you, putting those practices in place, getting support, get hiring people to help you through that process if necessary, and knowing that the outcome in terms of how, what it's going to look like on your body is just, it's going to be different for everyone. But ultimately, you are going to be at a place of peace when you can come to that place of acceptance with with yourself, and you're not in that dieting mentality. Great question, though. I'm so happy you asked asked it. I'll also reference again, the, the podcast episode I did number 83 on why diets don't work. Because that talks about that set point weight and what happens when we diet and why we gain weight when we stop dieting. All right, I kind of dig these Q&A episodes. So if you have a question for me, you can direct message me via Instagram or Facebook, or you can reply back to one of my weekly emails and just let me know if you have a question for the show and I'll answer it in an upcoming episode, or I will get an expert on here to answer it for you. Thank you so much for listening. You are all awesome. I really appreciate it. I'll talk to you next time. Rock on. I'm Summer Inanin, and I want to thank you for listening today. You can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Summer Inanin. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this show. I would be so grateful. Until next time, rock on. Rock on.